go. Good morning. I trust that uh, many of us were touched this last weekend with the ministry of the Lord was doing. I encourage you with what God has done and the seeds that He's that have been sown in your life that are causing growth, that God is causing growth on it. Ken would have said something that you need foundations. He might have said that to a few of you. When he talks about needing foundations, he talks about getting into the Word of God, knowing what the Word of God says. It's always been my hunger and desire to take the Word of God out of the academics and the theologian and bring it back down to the working class, myself included. I don't believe that the Word of God is meant to be something that's very strange and unknown to us peasants, but that God actually spoke it to us as a working class man and to make it plain. So it's my desire as we go through Ephesians that it would no longer be mysteries. Mystery is mentioned six times in the New Testament. Paul speaks of the mystery of God in his church, the mystery of, of Christ in you. And we're going to talk about mystery in this, this passage, but it's not meant to be a mystery to you as a Christian. It's just a mystery of times past. So we're just going to jump into chapter 3 here. Ephesians chapter 3, we actually got out of 2 finally. And said, Amen. Father, we just come before you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. In you, we can do all things. We open our heart to receive the word implanted that is able to save our souls. We ask you, Holy Spirit, help us. Open our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. We're just going to go right through until verse 11. And I'm going to highlight naturally what I feel the Lord is wanting to highlight. For this reason, Paul starts. For what reason? This reason. I preached on it last time two weeks ago. The mystery that Paul is highlighting this passage in particular is the mystery of God bringing the Gentiles in. And this is one of the biggest offenses to the current state at this time, the religious system of the Pharisees and Judaism. There's many reasons they didn't want this to happen. But this, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of the Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the administration of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation it was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote it briefly, as, as I wrote before briefly. Paul was imprisoned three times for this message. He was 34 years old when he first got touched by the Lord. Acts chapter 9, he got knocked off his horse. He met Jesus Christ. He died at 68. For 34 years, he served the Lord with utter abandonment. Why? Because he met him. And you will find that, and actually Ken preached it last week. Have you met Jesus? I hear that you've got the theology. I hear that you might have uttered a sinner's prayer. But have you met him? Because that's what sustains, along with the word and along with the spirit. Of his time of 34 years of serving the Lord, five and a half of those years were in some type of imprisonment. Five and a half years of the 34 years were in prison. He was in prison in some way. Whether it was just under guard on his way to Rome, or just actually just in prison. It wasn't just the Jews he offended too. It was the Gentiles. In fact, his first imprisonment was because he, he cast out a demon out of a fortune teller. You know, tarot cards, the occultic activity of, of fortune teller, and tarot card and all the various things. He cast a demon out of her, out of this, this girl. 
and so he was thrown in prison. So, so to the Jew, he's a huge offense. You know, like the skunks, on the, on, when you smell them and you're driving, he says, whoa. Or we actually have to close our window at night because there's a skunk out. It's so offensive. What is ever emanating from that skunk? Well, this is how Paul was to these Pharisees. That's, they, they wanted to kill him. But to the Jews, he was foolish. Loser. Nothing to look at. Kind of short in stature and contemptible speech. So Paul is able to offend both parties. But trying to bring both parties together at the same time. I'm intrigued at all Paul suffered for this message. He is so passionate about this message. In fact, he calls it my gospel. Interesting, isn't it? My gospel. He says it twice in Romans and in Timothy. I think it's 2 Timothy 2.8 or something. Uh, he says, my gospel. But remember, he was a chosen instrument by God. Remember in Acts 9 when he was baptized and and God was going to use him to reach the Gentiles. At this time in the church, the Gentiles were not really a, an objective of the kingdom at that point. It was like God was establishing something. But now was time to reach the Gentiles. And Paul was a chosen instrument that he was going to send. So this message, Paul is very protective of. He's, he says he overlooks it. You can see it says the administration of God's grace, the oversight of God's grace. This message of the gospel. And it's really intriguing to me when I read in Galatians because it unpacks it a bit. This, why was he so protective of this? Why couldn't he go, look, dude, he just wants to circumcise. Come on, just let him circumcise. It's Abraham. I mean, you could see how you could make the argument that, that it's from Abraham, it's not Mosaic. And just let the guy, please. Just, how, how, what's the harm? But Paul's like, boom, no. Let's see why. This is Paul writing to a church. Can you imagine this letter from Paul? I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Did you know there's multiple gospels preached on the planet today? Which is not just another account, but there are someone, some who are disturbing you and wanting to distort the gospel of Christ. They're messing with it. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, he is to be accursed. Hmm. As we have said before, and even now again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you have received, he is to be accursed. Forsaken. Now, the language Paul is using is indicative of the offense when you touch the gospel, when you mess with it. And the, he, the language is that it's almost like you could say, let them go to hell. He says to these Galatians, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? The language is very aggressive in this. Corinth had an all manner of weird sexual sin. I mean, there, there was a gong show going on in Corinth. But you never see this language and aggression used by Paul. Why? Because you touch the gospel, everything crumbles. This message is the foundation with which the church is built on. For am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If we were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So if you want to be pleased people, 
in the gospel that you preach, you are a bondservant to people. If you want to preach the gospel as revealed by God and Christ, you are a bondservant of Christ. In other words, he says, I'm a bondservant of Christ. I must do what he requires. And he says, well, why would you think I'd still be putting up with persecution? I go, yeah, circumcise everybody. That's fine. That's good. It's all good. But he doesn't say that because he's a bondservant of Christ and not of men. He does not fear men. He has no fear of men in that sense. In fact, people plead with him not to go to Rome. Don't go to Rome. The man who owns this belt is going to be tied up and imprisoned. Paul says, get off me. Let me get on with the call. It's an amazing thing when the devil cannot use fear against you. That is a scary place for the enemy. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel which was preached by me is not on a human invention, not of human invention. For I received, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amazing. The Lord himself sat down with this man, as it were. And if you look at the history, it's interesting. When Paul was first touched by the Lord in Damascus, he started going crazy in the because he saw it. It all came together. All the scriptures, all the prophecies, all the 300-odd prophecies were exploding in his mind because it now made sense. And the mystery was no longer a mystery to him. So he thought his brothers, Pharisees, would be like, this is great. But no, they tried to kill him quickly. So he fleed. He ran. And he went back to Tarsus, which is where he's from. And for three years, he was in Tarsus. And God was downloading revelation. He's going, well, maybe, maybe I might have got this wrong. So he comes to Jerusalem three years later, and he meets with Peter. And he meets with Peter for two weeks. And they compare notes. And he realized, no, 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 we got the same message. Remember, Paul has been downloaded this message directly from Jesus Christ. He didn't go to seminary. He didn't go to some school. He received it from the Lord, but in humility, he comes and goes, let's check notes. And he finds out, no, 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 we're serving. We're doing the right thing here. And he even comes back, and it says, 14 years later, he comes back again to compare notes, to make sure he's on the same page, to make sure that he's preaching the proper gospel. And he did it, it says, in private, so that <laughs> you don't want to do that in public, and we're going, dude, you're off. The awkwardness of that. But the irony to me of him meeting with Peter to compare notes. Not too long after he meets with Peter up in Antioch. And they're having some kind of meeting. Maybe it's a pizza party. They're chilling. They've ordered pizza. Guys are chilling. He's knuckling, going and Hey, guys, how's it going? Shalom, whatever they would say. And he's going, weird. Huh. Why are all the Gentiles on this side and all the Jews on that side? Peter, what's going on? What's going on? How are you being a Jew who lives like a Gentile or asking Gentiles to now live like Jews? And he caught him. Even Peter slipping in the gospel. Now, Peter was sent to the Jews, so he wasn't used to hanging with Gentiles. And maybe at the time it was just, it was so ingrained in him, it was hard. I mean, Paul be hanging out with Gentiles for 14 years. He was so Gentile-esque. But Peter's like, even got Barnabas. Barnabas was the guy that went and got Paul. Barnabas was like, I don't know who, do we have any, I, I don't know who, Barnabas was the nicest guy you ever meet. He even dragged him away. Be wary of false gospels. Be wary of the additions and the subtractions. Be wary of the gospels that appeals to your flesh or your culture. 
Because chances are it's not the true gospel. It's not the true gospel. And we see, can you imagine how awkward that was? He called him out to his face. Why did he call him out to his face in front of everyone? Because he was doing it in front of everyone. Peter! Whoa. And Paul was a little, he was like a pit bull. Imagine him, he'd, he'd been beaten, what, with rods three times, and he's been whipped five times. Imagine Paul in the meeting. He's all scarred up. That's a freaky guy. He said to Corinth, like, do you want me to come with a rod? And you're like, what are you talking about? It's, this is serious business. He received this message from God, and you are messing with it. You have no right to put your paws on it. The gospel should be without the fingerprints of humans. We are but an articulation of that which is from above. Paul took his role as administrator extremely seriously. By referring, let's just go back into Ephesians 1, verse 4. By referring to this, this gospel, when you read it, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Which in other generations was not made known to mankind. As it, was, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit. Thank God they were walking in the spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which, which I was made a minister according to gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. Amazing. The Gentiles. What did Paul say to the Gentiles? Can you imagine what, what Jew listening to Paul? It's, it's, really, it's really highlighted in Acts chapter 16 when the council comes together and wants to know what they should say to the Gentile Christians. Because they're called Judaizers. So these Judaizers would be running after Paul, coming into church and go, everyone's got to get circumcised. Okay, okay. And remember, they would know the Old Testament way better than any Gentile. So they would quickly rise to levels of positions of powers because they knew way more about Jesus because of all the prophecies. So you would naturally defer to them because this guy knows way more than I do. So when he says, you know, dude, you need to get circumcised, even Titus was circumcised. It's, I won't get into it, but it's just, it's, it's remarkable. Titus was circumcised because of the pressure of the Judaizers. It was so much. The pressure to change the gospel, the pressure to conform, the pressure to fit in with the culture around you. It was just so, so powerful. Titus even got circumcised. And Paul, and it's amazing, um, James, who's the, who's the lead elder in, in uh, the Jerusalem church, stands up. And says, tell them three things. Don't fornicate. Don't eat blood. And don't eat meat offered unto an idol. And I believe those second two are only because of conscience sake. And once they got more education and knowledge in the scriptures, Paul even says it doesn't matter what you eat unless it causes your brother to stumble. That's what he said. Well, aren't you going to tell them to at least the Passover? Come on, the Passover. They should be doing the Passover. You know, the, the first month, the 15th day of Beep. But what about the Feast of Tabernacles? What about, nope. And you are destroying this religion. This is a big deal. It's a very big deal. The gospel. Yeah. I tried to think of what would be so offensive about a Gentile to a true pharisaical Jew. And I actually saw it a bit in somebody I was talking to in a bike shop this week. And I happened to use the T word, Trump. 
And this man manifested in front of me. Because politics is now religion. And it's like saying to that person, that guy with the mega hat over there, he's coming in. And you're like, no flipping way. The deep anger and hatred and divide in the political system, that's what it's like. That's what it was like. The guy with that mega hat. He could be saved. There's no way he could be saved. He's a demon. Or vice versa. Whatever you want to say. The MAGA hat guy looking at whatever. I don't know what the symbol is on each side. I just know everyone hates that red hat. And I don't really care either way. We're for the kingdom here. Kingdom first. But that's the extent. The visceral reaction that even Peter stopped eating with Christians. Do not think yourself above the deception. To love people that love the truth. How do you know what the truth is? You read it in the book. You don't just listen to the guy speaking. You know it for yourself. You search the scriptures. Clicker's not clicking. To me, the the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. The unfathomable riches of Christ. And to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Now, a few times he's talked about this mystery times past. And I I feel like Peter gives such a great illumination here to help, help see the magnitude of this message and how much it unveils to godly people. Peter says this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who foretold the grace to come to you searched and investigated carefully. The prophets, trying to determine the time and setting to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they foretold the things now announced by those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So you've got Isaiah, prophet. And many of Isaiah's prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So Isaiah is saying, unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is given. And the government will be upon us. And he's prophesying this, saying, what am I talking about? And they're longing to look into these incredible prophecies that are coming out of themselves by the Spirit. But it's veiled. They have no clue what they're talking about. Right up until the point where the gospel explosion, every, everything makes sense, everything's connected. It all... Can you imagine what Paul went through in those three days that he was blind? It was all going on in his head. All the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah. All of these things like, the penny drops. It's no longer a mystery. The plan of salvation to this planet. From the beginning, as prophesied in Genesis 3 to Mary. It's come. Amazing. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Imagine how frustrating it would be to love God under the old covenant. 
Imagine how frustrating it would be to have the sin inside of you. And no matter what you do, it ain't going anywhere. Under the old covenant, there were people that loved God there and kept doing the very thing they didn't want to do. Oh, Lord, thank you for the new covenant. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is awesome, this picture. Oh, this is legit. Let me just go back to nine just a second. Go back to nine. Go back to nine. And to enlighten all people as to what the plan and the mystery is, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the multifaceted wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God, the varied wisdom of God, the many wisdom of God, the many kinds of wisdom of God, the, the, the variety, the multiple wisdom of God might now be made known to the church through the church prepositions. Through, I imagine two, but through the church. To who? Your neighbors? Oh, I hope so. But what's he saying here? To the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. There's that heavenly places thing again. Remember, where do you guys recognize that? Right, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Remember at the end of chapter 1 and it says that Jesus was positioned far above rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So now the eyes are on us. Jesus is in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. We're seated in him. He's already told us that. And now the multifaceted wisdom, the knowledge, the process of salvation that for years they never knew how it was going to work. Right from that prophecy, how would this work? Now Jesus is in heaven. His body, the church, is his body. He is the head, and now he's moving through his body to further the kingdom of God. They couldn't figure out, how was this going to work? We, the temple of the Holy Spirit, all of these prophecies and scriptures coming, it now makes sense. Now they look down and would gaze upon the church. The kingdom of God is advancing through the church. There is power, there's release, there's freedom, there's deliverance. The gospel message is preached all on display. The mystery is no longer a mystery because it's being expressed now in living color today through his church. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This was in accordance to the eternal purpose. Remember we talked about predestined. This was always the way it was supposed to be. This was the plan of salvation before the foundation of the world. This was the eternal purpose of God. Which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness. And confident access through faith in him. Therefore I ask you not to become discouraged about my tribulation. In your, in your behalf, since this is for your glory. Hmm. Powerful. The plan of the gospel. God's plan of salvation. Through the whole thing. We saw the promise to Abraham in, in Genesis 12. Genesis 15. The confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 17. All through it up to this point, 
Do you know how blessed we are to hear this message? Do we have any concept of the honor to even know this mystery? Even if you have no understanding because you don't know God and you haven't put yourself in Christ, it is still remarkable to see this moving and this plan of salvation. And that you see that God is not just, just called a human, a me as a Christian, that the manifold wisdom would, uh, of God would be made manifest. It's the ecclesia. It's the group of us that the manifold wisdom of Christ is made known. It's through the church, the people, not the individual, but the collective. And you can see why, of course, the enemy is always constantly trying to divide God's people. Why do oh, we justify why we aren't a part of a local body? Well, we can do it on our own. And I've heard, I'm not into the organized church. And I was like, is that the unorganized church you're into? I don't really understand what that means. Because God has called his people to come together to manifest his glory. It's when we come together that 1 Corinthians 12, that the gifts of the Spirit are to flow. That the Spirit is in the midst, in the ecclesia. And it's in this we, we, we see God moving. And Paul is so delighted by it. And like I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you've already talked about this in chapter 2. Like, it's like, didn't we talk about this last week? Or last time I preached? But in it, he highlights the magnitude. This was the first time this message had ever been heard in human history. To us, it's familiar. But this was the first time this had been articulated on this planet. And it's like it goes right back to Adam. And it covers it through that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners like you and I. That we who were once far off have been brought near through the blood. That God is moving amongst us on the earth through the church primarily. It's his desire that this is the vehicle he would use to express the message of salvation. Why do you think there's so much attack on the church? And what is the message? Why do you think there's so much attack on the message? I encourage you that the same message that saved people 2,000 years ago, if I can call it the heritage seed for those farmers who don't want GMOs, they go back. My sister-in-law is like this. She finds heritage seed. In other words, it's untarnished seed. Un, un, it hasn't gone to a lab to mess with it. And, and make it more productive. She wants the heritage seed, the original seed in its original state. This is what we seek, is the original gospel that saved people. Because you see the results of it in Acts and in the Scripture. And you see why people went to the stake for this Jesus. Why they were thrown to the lions. What, what do you mean thrown to the lions? Oh, dude, I'm out. I'm out. Whoa, whoa, whoa I didn't know where we had to do it. Whoa, this is crazy. Why they laid down their lives. Do you ever wonder why they laid down their lives? What was it the revelation they had of this Jesus? That he was worthy of them laying down their lives. And dare I say, even their own kids' lives, which is a big one for me. Like, take me, but my kids. What was it that they saw? What was this revelation that pierced through all the culture? And don't get me wrong, they had the same things as we, the same demons that were here today that were back then. The same lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, all the stuff. They forsook it. Because this message, this heritage message, this, this original message, the first time 
pierce their hearts. And you will see that both Jesus and his apostles and his disciples preached this message, and it's called the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the gospel of a religion. Christianity might be a shock to you. Christianity is not a religion. Nowhere in the New Testament can you find that. Nowhere can you see it in the language Jesus uses. He says about a citizenship in a religion? No. Well, citizenship in a kingdom. And he's calling people out of the religion and the stuff of this world into a kingdom. A kingdom which cannot be shaken. He even has the audacity to stop people and go, unless you, unless you give up all, you cannot enter the kingdom. You're like, Jesus, you're being a little bit hard. Come on. Let's get the numbers up. Get the tithing going. We'll, we'll rock this out. Just, you know. He just refused it. And this is, the, this is the message he preached was, come, follow me. Unless a man forsake himself, pick up his cross daily. This is not the verbiage of a religion. Now, I know there's, over, there's cross sections, there's overlap, but this is about a kingdom. And when you're in that kingdom, you cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God is firm. The kingdom of God endures. And he is the king of this kingdom. And I encourage you today, just in closing here, I encourage you today to consider Jesus. I don't know where you're at. But I do know this. In the first world, we are very religious about Jesus. And religion cannot save you. You must be born again. Naked you came into the world, and in a sense, spiritually and stuff, naked you come into the kingdom. You forsake all. You dis, you know, it's like that, I remember Thunderdome. I don't even know if you're allowed to watch that show. It was like 20 years ago. But I remember when he went in, he had to take all the guns out. It's this idea, you disrobe into the kingdom. And I encourage you, the language I would think that is best used to our culture to understand the kingdom and how one gets in is to surrender to Jesus. I understand repentance. It's in the scripture. But I don't know if that it's a surrender because it, Jesus came and established a kingdom. And then the kingdom advances. And if you want in, you must surrender to him. And it's just a better, if you go and look at pictures in particular with um, Japan surrendering to America and the allies in, after World War II, there was just, it's surrendered. Here's the terms for surrender. If you don't surrender, you will be annihilated. It's the terms of surrender given to each one of us is the gospel. The terms of surrender. Do, will you give in? Will you give up your life in order to gain new life? So it's our desire here to see that kingdom advanced, but to also live that kingdom for ourselves. To see the power of God move, not through a religious experience, but the kingdom of God. As was quoted uh, by Varia, Jesus said, By this you know the kingdom of God near, come near, because I cast out demons. I'm just going to ask us to stand here for just in closing. Lord, thank you, Lord, that the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, advance. We just submit to you, Lord God, your gospel, the message of the gospel, the power of the gospel. 
Lord, I just pray that you would lead each one here, each one in this room, Lord God, to a place of surrender, to finally tapping out. It's like UFC, the guy's about to break your arm. Tap. We surrender. We don't make up the rules. We don't, like a spiritual cafeteria, select the parts of the Bible we like. We're okay with being offended, Lord. We just want truth in the innermost part. It's only the truth that sets free. So, Lord, we just lift our lives to you. We surrender to you, Lord. We we surrender pain. We just surrender disillusionment. We just surrender, Lord. Take that. Take, we just surrender our lives. We we surrender our pocketbook. We surrender our cars. We we surrender our finances to you. We We surrender our children to you. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Lord, we want to be a poster board for the manifold wisdom of God to rulers and principalities in this church. We know rock stars but you, Lord. No glory but yours. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to ask these guys to lead us in song just in closing here.